think it's crazy how we met in the sense like regardless of me being at a convention in Leitrim or whatever and you being there as well like uh, it takes a pandemic for all like like atheist agnostic free thinkers to come together and stuff yeah i mean like were you starting your meeting you? in Raynham before this happened like were you well, did you have the you idea set it. Roger and I had discussed it for a long time. I mean, I had, um, and really the catalyst for me wanting to do it all where I'm living in London is there was a meeting at the very same time, 11 o'clock on a Saturday morning, which, you know, um, it's not, sometimes it's probably not a very nice way of putting it, but they were very God-centric. They were, you know, kind of, Mm. if somebody new did turn up, they were making it very clear that if they didn't find a, a God or a higher power, then the chances of them, becoming well or getting well or slim. Now, when you when you put that in the context of where I was living, it's a very um, secular area. It's not, it's not. Uh, like you not said about the food, like you have choice, you know? Yeah, exactly, you know. You so should have choice it, as well it, for fucking AA, you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, it's, you're absolutely right. And, and I, it, that, podcast you did that last one that you did i don't know if you've done many in between the one you did with joe c was really it's i've i've meant to mention it at meetings i don't know if you've managed to stitch the two pieces together but he said some fascinating things there that as recently to me it's recent i mean i would have been eight years of age but in 1973 or whenever he came along another not many meetings not everyone had big books and things like that so I, i i'm guessing that us lot in what we're terming ourselves as secular AA, free thinkers, agnostic atheists, I think there was a lot of that naturally anyway. And that what we're doing isn't probably new. What we might be doing is kind of a, 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 a mm. kickback to the people who, for whatever reason, feel it necessary to, to, to go down the very road that, the, that, that Bill W was warned about by the doctors, you know, keep it, keep it to keep it to some very basic things. So that's what we're doing really is just going back to probably what might have been there more naturally. I don't know. I mean, you read so much. I heard Annie from from Ireland talk about what's so difficult now to know what's fake news, what's true and what's factual. I mean, there are certainly, you can read between the lines about a lot of things and a lot of things make sense. Like what Joe C said, you know, the big book would have taken on um, more of an emphasis, maybe because Bill W. passed away. And it's the classic, isn't it? You're, you're loved more when you're gone <laughs> than when you're alive. You know, that's whatever we have, whatever you've left is what is all is all that we have. And, um, you know, people who, who consider the first 164 pages of the big book to be a biblical in terms really needs to go and get a membership card of the library yeah it's funny because um that's why people love john lennon as well they say because he never had a chance to you know what i mean ghost ale that was it you know what i mean yeah yeah then i think it was joe as well i heard saying that um like uh people that say you have to do it with the, the 164 pages well, who did it without it? Oh, wait, the founders did it without it. You know what I mean? So it's like, you're on a bit of mountain of knowledge. That chap just fucking, he's, he's, he's one of a kind. He's the best, isn't he? 
Yeah. Well, it's, I mean, that's it. And the people romanticize, romanticize. Okay, that. he's the second best, Brendan. You're the best, right? I hear you. <laughs> Yeah, that's, you know, that that's that's the thing, you know. When people when people do pass on and that, yeah, uh, you know, you're not going to get anything more for them. So what you, whatever they have left behind in writing or in whatever their legacy is, it will it'll get added to and um, mm. in one shape or another. I mean, what Bill W did do was phenomenal, really, you know. Have you gone to America in the sense? Have you done that like Akron trip and all that? I've never been to Akron or anything like that. Actually, I'll tell you. <laughs> I'll tell never you. been to America. I've been in a few states. I went the last time I went to New York three or four years ago. Um, I decided I was going out to Brooklyn to where Bill W lived in, in Brooklyn. Okay. And, I, and I went to I went to the street and I sat on the on the steps and I had my partner take a photograph of me standing at the door on the steps. And when I came back to the hotel we were staying in, I started looking at the photographs and I realized I was at the wrong door. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's progress, not perfection. <laughs> nice. So I thought, I thought, well, that's good. I was, obviously wasn't meant to say I'm an atheist, but I'm, I'm superstitious. <laughs> I thought I wasn't meant to be at his door. I meant to go back. That'll keep me coming back. <laughs> so the yeah. next time I go, I'll go back again to Clinton Street. Yeah. But yeah, I, um, yeah, fancy, I fancy doing those, those things. Yeah. I don't know if you know Miles from Devon. Yeah, yeah, I've only met him recently. Uh, he's a nice character. I yeah, like him a lot. Very, very nice man, lovely character, and uh, fascinating that he actually worked at Stepping Stones in in uh, in, in up New York State, the the house that Bill W and Lois had um, some years after he after he left New York itself. Um, he was in Canada for ages as well, wasn't he? I think he, yeah, he's 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 certainly a well-travelled man, Miles. He'd be an interesting character. I love his voice. He gets to talk to. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah, he's got he, a, got... he, he was at last Saturday's, and uh, I heard him at Rainham there one of the days. And just a really nice fella. Uh, he's got a great voice as well, man. Jeez, I'd listen to an audio book of that chat. Brendan, no, that's not it. It's good, yeah, good, yeah, good dude. That's right. Yeah, nice, uh, really yeah. nice voice. Yeah. Yeah, no, you haven't asked me any hard questions. Nothing, nothing difficult. You give me a nice, easy ride here. So that's good. I'm glad to see the check arrived. Exactly. And it's funny that you you think the kill the, the drink might have killed your, your father rather than uh, all the sex he got. <laughs> ah, that's fantastic! <laughs> so, I, 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 I should have said it earlier that, when you mentioned the twelve foot. I don't. I don't know it. <laughs> yeah, it seems it seems a lot. It seems as I said. At the time, it just seemed quite natural. 
But yeah. I mean, this, so you've never had a slip or whatever you want to call it, relapse. Uh, do you think it's necessary for some people? Do you think it's necessary at all? Um, I don't know that it's necessary that for anybody. I say, I, I don't think that it's, I don't think having, once somebody realizes or accepts or even acknowledges that drinking is causing them the problems that they're having in their lives, I don't think it's necessary. Maybe, I know we hear it said, oh, I, every drink I've had, I was meant to have and all this. I don't, I, I don't know. That kind of stuff doesn't always mm. make complete sense to me. Um, I think it's just circumstances people's situation in their own lives. I mean, for me, I was living on my own when I stopped drinking, when I got the help. Um, I was fortunate. Um, again, I need to be careful I would explain this, but I'm not 100% sure that having a drink, providing somebody gets back to the rooms, is the worst possible thing that could happen. Them. I think my biggest, my biggest mistakes was not looking a little bit more closely at certain issues about myself, certain underlying issues and problems about the kind of personality and character that I was, that I should say that I don't think the original 12 steps, uh, the way they're presented, and certainly outlined in the 12 by 12 and the big book, go far enough to help. That's not blaming the big book. Um, or any of the rest of it. Um, it's just the way it is for me. I mean, I, I've put myself through a lot of nonsense, a lot of issues I could have avoided mm. that felt, and again, I need to be careful how I word this, it felt as bad as a slip, if that makes sense. Um, but I don't think it's necessary for people to have a slip. I don't think so. Where was your first meeting, Brendan, can I ask? Yeah, my first meeting was at St. Vidas, which is a small little church right across from St. Paul's in London. I was on the 22nd of July, 93. And um, I was actually meant to go to a meeting. on That was on a Thursday, the 22nd of July, 93. I was meant to go to a meeting in Allgate in the city of London on the Monday. And when I got to where the venue was... Um, I just didn't want to go in. Uh, something didn't feel right. Something wasn't comfortable. Um, and I got a little bit scared. Um, I was four or five drink weeks away from my last drink. And when I got to the place, there, seemed, there was people outside and they were drinking cans and cans of alcohol and all the rest of it. And I just didn't feel comfortable. So I didn't go in. And I knew I'd had uh, another meeting with, uh, my counsellor on the Friday of that week so I knew I had to get to a meeting <laughs> before I went to see the counsellor because I had promised him I would get to my first meeting before my next counselling session so I picked I picked the uh, the meeting at St Vitus and uh, that's quite strange as well because I couldn't find the meeting I couldn't find it and I was going back down into the tube station to leave to go back to the flat where I was living in North London and something told me to turn around and have another look because there was no way I could go back and say I didn't go on the Monday and then that I couldn't find the venue on the on the Thursday. So I had a harder look. And sure enough, I did notice the 
which just goes to show how important it is to put the the little uh, yellow, um, uh, sorry, the little blue circular um, badge that we have. Um, mm. Can't yeah, remember yeah, what can't remember what we call them. So that was good. That was good. And I just got there just logo? as the meeting was starting. Logo, yeah, the logo. I know that there's a there's a word for them. I can't remember what the exact word we call them. Um, not banner either. Flash, a flash or something. I think they call them. I'm not really quite sure. They're a flash bastard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Come here. The internet broke yeah. up kind of a minute ago, man. Um, so when you started Raynham, did you want to start like an in-person one, like you were saying, you and Roger years ago then, or you just tied around with it? And can I just say well, as well, we Roger is the best host maybe on Zoom. He's fucking, he just <laughs> he oozes goodness, doesn't he? He he's is. He's kind, a lovely, man. gentle, very humane guy. Yeah, very, very lovely. Someone needs to tell him, though, the World Atlantic Way is not a fucking county. <laughs> now, to the World Atlantic Way. Uh, <laughs> well, when we're, <laughs> when we're pushing him over the hills of Moor. Sunny South End. Sunny, that's it. So, no, we, we it, uh, particularly in the last, well, 12 months preceding to COVID, he and I had spoken about it. Uh, and I definitely did want to get a meeting going, which is why we'd originally thought we'd wait until uh, the pandemic had sort of um, things that got back a little bit more to normal. Good job we didn't wait as we started. We had our first meeting on the 9th of May last year. I mean, that would be... It's easily going to. We're, I, I'm sure we're going to easily get to a year on Zoom until we get into a physical meeting. So I'm glad we didn't wait. Um, quite understandably, um, I might be wrong here. I don't want to do a disservice to Roger. I think he was a little bit hesitant as to whether we should do it that way or wait. But we went for it. We both decided we'd go for it, and I think it's probably one of the best things I've ever done. Oh, easy, man. You get 30, 40 people. You know what I mean? Without trying, you know. And yeah, uh, and it's a few it's, Americans. Um, uh, yeah, we English, Irish. Yeah. You know, it's a great little yeah. group. It's lovely, fucking. Uh, me and you That's text back and forth. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I do enjoy it. So someone said it there even today. It's just a great way to start your weekend. Like, you know what I mean? It is, yeah. I, and I, and I think it would be a. I think it's the kind of meeting, um, and I'm sure there'll be others like it. That would be a good template for the way groups and when groups run meetings. The way that the meeting should be conducted it's it's very Fact. inclusive yeah, it's Fact. very inclusive and those people who may have a faith don't have any problem expressing that and those that don't have a faith or those that are uncertain all equally feel comfortable in that in that meeting mm. um and that that in itself is wonderful and that's not unlike the way i think that's not really unlike the way meetings were when I first came to AA although I'm not one of these people that talks about oh AA has changed so much I mean it would need to come up and punch me in the nose before I noticed differences to that degree um, Eileen's boyfriend after you <laughs> enough scars on your chin buddy um, so yeah, yeah I noticed it in your one lad it's just a great feel uh, Jimmy's of course and Tosnua there's a great you know what I mean it's fucking beyond welcoming or whatever 
And uh, yeah. I was talking to someone once where it's like, if you don't get on with Brendan or Jimmy, you're the dickhead. Like it's uh, that's 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 it. Like, you know what I mean? If you don't, then you know, that's it. Like, yeah. Uh, so I asked you to do. My that. partner might have something else to say about that. <laughs> I, I have my moments, but you're a good I think lad. that's. I think that's the thing about AA, anyway, isn't it? We're all there for the same reason, and I think I might have even mentioned it recently in a meeting that sometimes I can get a little bit too cerebral and look to. I mean, I've got no issues with myself being an atheist. What was beginning to to, to cause me issues was why does anybody else believe? Um, yeah, fact. and that's okay too. I I had to I had to start looking at that, and it makes it makes it makes sense from. Your from view. how we've evolved, if you like, about the whole notion of belief and, and, and all the rest of it. What age were you, Brendan? Because yeah. like, you obviously grew up in... Or you didn't... Like, uh, like what age were you? Just like, that's a load of shit. Because I, I have vivid memories of me saying prayers by my bed and stuff. Like, I can fucking... I... Blue jammies, you know what I mean? Yellow teddy. I have the teddy. I... I don't think, I don't think I ever believed in God, in the sense of what it is. In the biblical sense, I believed in. What you had. I believed. It, this is the thing. You see, you see, I believed in God the same way as I believed in Father Christmas. I was talking to somebody very recently oh, in my family. When they, don't when be saying priest, Father Christmas. When a priest that's changed. <laughs> Anyone who's been to a Catholic uh, mass, um, and when when the priest would say things like, "and he he seated at the right hand of the Father," I always had this notion that heaven was where you went in. You, when you died, you went to heaven, and God was in on this huge chair. And on the left of God was the Virgin Mary, and to the right was Jesus. And you walked in, and God would say, "Nice to see you." And then he would tell you, go behind him where he was seated was a huge um, row of, of um, cupboards. And in each cupboard was dairy milk chocolate and bottles of Coke. And you would eat dairy milk chocolate and drink bottles of Coke all of your time in heaven. That's as close as I've ever been to anything. Now, so you can imagine, when did I stop believing that? <laughs> you know? <laughs> Obviously, from an early age. So, around the same time, Welsh is shot closed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or who are Stauntons? <laughs> but that's it. I mean, who, who, it's, it's, it, you know, I, I, I know people like Christopher Hitchings and that tells the story about when he was out with his um, biology teacher, who happened to also be his religious education teacher. And they were talk. She was talking about how um, the grass, how beautiful the grass was, and what a wonderful coincidence that God made the grass the color that it was, um, that it sat with nature perfectly. And he was eleven years of age, and he spoke about how in immediately and intuitively he knew she was wrong, that it wasn't a coincidence by any stretch of the imagination. It was. Very much thanks to chlorophyll, chlorophyll, and 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 all the rest of it, um, as to why grass was the color it was, and the whole workings, the biological workings of photosynthesis and everything else, and why the sky was there, and and so 
that's when he, I think, begins to to um, highlight that time in his life for when he knew he was an atheist, or he certainly didn't believe. But for me, I I would say that um, I love the stories about, like in the Bible, about Christmas when when Jesus was born. It's a lovely story to tell a kid, isn't it? Three wise men come along, and this this baby is the person who's going to come along and do lovely things, raise people from the dead. So when you put all these little parables together, they're lovely stories. There's nothing there's nothing innately wrong in them as stories. But in terms of having any conception or of what it is to believe in a supernatural deity or any of the rest of it, I was never really introduced to that. I mean, my family, my parents would have been Catholic and their parents and probably their parents. But we never had a Bible. I don't know my you know, my aunts and that who lived in the village, they would say rosaries every day, but it was the same plethora of prayers that was being said day in, day out. There was nothing, there was no theological thinking or, or, or uh, understanding or learning going on. Did you read the Bible? Oh, not at all, no. But then again... Um, went to enough mass I've read <laughs> I've read the book of Job and I've, I've read yeah you know just the little epistles that they have at church the select pieces that that the, the local that the, that the vicar of Rome decides we should be reading nice. tell me this um, I won't keep you too much longer you're uh moderately busy man looking to retire someday but 70 uh, <laughs> night shifts to go uh, there's a couple more questions 63 63 Ooh, nine sevens boy nine sevens uh, yeah so did you hear a zoom before this year did you or last year technically like did you ever do an online Never. meeting before the only thing we did was we started up the rain and meetings with Skype on Skype. And huh. then within a couple of weeks, all of the meetings that I was getting uh, login details for were Zoom. So it was becoming pretty obvious that we would that we would go over to uh, Zoom. I'm glad you did. I know that I work where I work. Microsoft have uh, Teams. Microsoft have something similar called Teams. Uh, but you, when you go in on teams, you end up uh, in little cinema style, uh, theatre style seating. Um, but still not as, still not as, uh, st certainly not as user friendly as uh, Zoom. Hmm. Yeah, I heard a guy saying at the start of the pandemic, it was eighty three dollars a share. And then when he was talking, it was five hundred bucks a share. Then, oh, yeah, even a nice little, uh, yeah. Would have been. Hey, hey. Yeah. We'd be talking about Certainly foxes on the fucking on top of the train, would we? Exactly. <laughs> I think Zoom's gonna gonna play an integral part in, in what's happening in the future. Well, it's not just meetings obviously that's happening for like I've met a few actors and fucking people and uh, they've said like you know it's it's an unreal way to audition. 
they don't have to record themselves now. It's just straight away, get on, boom, do it that way. And uh, yeah. you know what I mean? Then there's like sing songs and then there's uh, music gatherings. There's quizzes. There's all just, you know what I mean? But uh, someone was telling me we're only touching the surface of what this thing can do. I was once texting you back and forth and I was there like, do you think there's Zoom porn? And before I could even answer my question, I, I sent you a link to it. You know what I mean? And no, we're not editing this out. That's that. That's a great line but, to Google. No, you can leave that in and, and, and don't edit this out as well. So you're talking about actors uh, actually doing their uh, little bits, auditioning on, on, on Zoom. And they're they're broadcasting plays and stuff, man. Does, does that mean that Hollywood can expect a call from you any day? <laughs> uh, Jesus, I don't have their number, but I'll, I'll give out my number if they want. Okay. Can Kenny's answer? Farrell. Uh, this is not call me Weinstein. Of that. <laughs> no, you don't want to go there. No. Just, just let me have a shower. <laughs> That's an inside joke. Uh, if you don't know that one, uh, tell me this: the very slogan or passage or advice given in early recovery. You were lucky in the sense that weren't you going to your first meeting in England because it was very fucking God-centric. You were saying like when you went to that first one in Ireland, like you found it funny. I found it hilarious. I, I almost went to my first meeting in Leitrim, almost. And for whatever reason, because um, I, I was off, I was away from alcohol for about three or four weeks. And I, I told a member of my family uh, who said I could have gone to a meeting on a Friday night. But I, I for whatever reason, I didn't go. So I waited until I went to my first one, as I said, in St. Vitus. And it was some months later that, because I go up and back to Ireland when I can a lot. Mm. And I really thought it funny how uh, at the end of the meeting in Ireland, and it certainly wasn't, it, there certainly wasn't a lot of talk about God or higher power at the meeting. And there never is in the Irish meetings, I've noticed, not the ones I've been going to. Um, but they end with the Lord's Prayer. And the surrender prayer. And of course, they don't just say that the Lord's prayer, they butcher it, which means that the uh, serenity prayer gets a complete uh, mashup as well. But uh, I do, I always did think that if it, if, if it had been my first meeting and I heard the Lord's prayer, uh, I might not have given myself a chance to go back and listen to what I needed to hear, uh, which is such a shame, which is such a shame, you know. Um, sorry, uh, the question I was asking is like, what's the slogan or passage given to you in early recovery? Um, something I, that you still say, like, fuck, one day at a time is a, a lot of people's favorite. Well, the one, the one that always comes back to me, um, which was given to me by a lovely man called Patrick, who was originally from Mayo. And I'll always remember when he told me, I think it was about six to nine months in AA. And we were walking across Liverpool Street uh, train station in, in London. And he said to me, the thing that people have to remember is, he said, when you're getting sober and you're trying to stay sober, he said, and that bit I'm paraphrasing, but this is his exact words then was, he said, is we must try to wear life like a loose cloak. And I thought that was so, it made so much sense because wearing life like a loose cloak is exactly the opposite to a straitjacket. 
and sometimes even in early recovery or indeed middle recovery or wherever we're at in recovery, we can sometimes put ourselves into a straitjacket um, with absolutes. If somebody says something, you absolutely must do this or you will not get sober unless and to stay sober, you must do. If you're listening to that from somebody who by and large has got uh, a lot of experience, I'm not going to say wisdom. I'm going to say a lot of experience. If you're listening to things like that, you could be bringing you could you could could be causing problems for yourself because that's not true. There are no absolutes. What's absolutely right for you today might might not be absolutely right for you even tomorrow. Never mind for me. So going back to what he said, wear life like a loose cloak. It's allowing it's allowing the problems to come at you without getting too offended with life. And letting the good times come and enjoying the good times as well. You know, um, sometimes we have to make sure that the whole thing about coming to AA is to stop drinking. doesn't mean that we have to stop letting our hair down. You know, we still have to enjoy ourselves. One of the things that I heard a lot when I came into AA first uh, that I do remember, you don't hear it that much anymore. It probably doesn't make a lot of sense that you could come into AA as a thief. And as long as you stop drinking, you might just become a better thief. <laughs> it's not going to make you a saint. I'm not, I'm not trying to suggest to anybody that if they're a thief, <laughs> they use it to their advantage. But I think I, I think you kind of get to... Put down the drinks, stay Robin, your yeah. grandpa. Yeah, you know, there, there, was, um, there was a chap, people used to talk about him, a member who's, I think, long, long time dead now, Mick the Tick. And in my early meetings... Yeah, you know this guy? A lot of people used to... I'd never known that was it and I, I didn't know any, I, I didn't even know why they called him Mick the Tick and somebody said well have you ever seen his arms he had watches all the way up his arms and That's I don't think he came mental. about the, the I don't want to speak ill of the dead but um, I don't know that he came across his watches in the most um, law abiding fashion I might be wrong so Mick the Tick uh, who and who wherever you are forgive me <laughs> So, so you know that that just people were being accepted for what they wore. Uh, the story I know about him is he'd sell you a watch at the start of the meeting, and if it was broke at the end of it, he'd either give you the money back or else he'd give you a different one. And like oh, you said, up and down like his arm, he'd have about seven or eight fucking. Because uh, when I heard Mick to take, I was there like, "Oh, this lad's a fucking dope, is he?" Like, no, the watch is by. What do you? Oh, now I see what you mean. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. One of the funniest things you've heard, so there you go. be it in a room or in real life, Zoom, whatever, something that you were just walking along and you just makes you laugh. Oh my God. I, you have a God now? You've just put me on the spot there. I don't know. There's so many things. There are, there are so many things that would just make, make me laugh. Yeah. You, you know how. Even even you and I chatting here now, we might be talking about something or or anyone else that um, in families we do. It can be we Irish, talk man. In short, we don't have to. We don't have to. We don't. We don't have to spell everything out completely. We can say things in shorthand. So sometimes even a look uh, or a glimpse at somebody, a little glance across the room, can be quite funny because there's a lot more into that than actually having to say something. But I'm not, I'm not 100%. I, I can't think off the top of my head of anything right now. There would probably be lots. I'll probably think of lots now when we finish. But it certainly happens a lot in my family. 
uh, where we'll say one or two, we'll say one or two words, and it just it it's it's it gets us going. It's 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 uh, it's the uh, preamble to thinking about a lot of things. You know, we've got a mutual friend, and uh, she she told me the other day how much fucking she loves you or whatever, and how important you've been to her. And uh, she was telling me this joke that it's a uh, priest is walking down the road, and then. Uh, Prostitute comes up to him. It was a, uh, hey father, blow job, five dollars. And he goes, ah, and he runs off. But two minutes later, another prostitute comes up and goes, hey father, blow job, five dollars. He goes, Jesus. He runs off again. All of a sudden, he's on his way home, and a third one comes up and goes, hey father, blow job, five dollars. He goes, for fuck's sake, and he runs off and he gets home and he talks to uh, the nun. You know what I mean? He goes, sister. What's a blowjob? And then she goes, Oh, that's easy, father. Five dollars, just like in town. <laughs> yeah. That's terrible. Uh, Do you know who said it? <laughs> great woman. Who told you that, Joe? Huh? Good woman. She's a great woman. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, yeah, you're our own keepers, so aren't you? I'm, I'm going to ask you a question. How many more of these podcasts have you done since Joe? I'm waiting for some more. I've done one with Frank. Do you know, listen to that one. That's a nice one. Uh, I did one with someone. No, you didn't send it. Is that on Tusk? Yeah. It's on the Tusk Neo website. Do I have to send you the yeah. shit as well? I do. Jeez, I thought, I thought you were well, able no, to I'm do it. I the website then. I didn't realize. No, I can send I'll it to you, lad. Yeah, but I just thought you were, you know. Not retire jet lag. I've been, thought you could have. I've been very. I've been, <laughs> that's it. I'm very busy. <laughs> I'm very busy sticking my nose into everything else. <laughs> Do you think? Well, you. I got you, you um, to speak at the Palooza, lad. Yeah, that that's where you're getting all these speaking arrangements now. You know what I mean? Is it down to me? I'm not gonna. Yeah, everything. I can guarantee it's down to you. I'm not going to let you know that, though, in case you get a big head. <laughs> I'm going to edit that out. It's a little like... Is I, down to you. I, I, I love that where you uh, put Joel C, uh, where you mentioned to Joel C how pivotal he's been in, in uh, getting Secular AA very much in prominence across the fellowship. And I, I loved the way he, he, he didn't dodge the question. He met it head on. And I thought it was a very, very, very good answer and a very humble answer to it, to what, what he said. Um, but I, I think there's no doubt about it that um, Josie will, will continue to be a huge part of what's, what's happening. There's no doubt. There's absolutely no doubt. You know, and um, yeah, it's, it's, it's great. He did. He did remind me as well. I thought. I thought what was there was a couple of things that I took from Joel's um, podcast, which, uh, well, one of the main things was how he talks about the changes will come from the ground up, exactly the way AA is structured. And even I allowed myself to fall into the trap of thinking that the push and the pull for what's required for secular AA will have to come from general service offices. That's not fair on the general services offices. It's certainly not fair on the general service conference or the trustees. 
it will come from the ground and that people like myself will have to remember to be humble enough to do what we can and leave it at that. And that is to just help organize and promote meetings in my area. And if they work, they work. And if they attract people into recovery, then they will grow. They will grow and they'll go into other areas, whether we even know about it or not. And eventually that will translate into what way AA is perceived, not just to us and all of us in the fellowship, but to the world at large. And I think that was that was something I took from what Joe said, and it was wonderful. And I hope he I hope he and other people like Joe mentions that um, time and time again. Um, and that will be important as well when this pandemic is over. That we just we keep it simple, we keep it to what it is we're meant to be doing. Because you were following that case, weren't you? That uh, whatever the when it came out in 2011 or yeah, I mean, I, I, it was. yeah, it 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 was um, it was very sad, and and um, the uh, in the end up the people that the people that caused those issues actually weren't there at the end. They weren't part of the solution. It's not as if. It's not as if there had been, a, 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 for want of a better word, a victory uh, won against those individuals or collective of individuals. It was it was a victory, a, first and foremost, without sounding too cliched or soppy, for the, for the suffering alcoholic. But it was a victory for people with common sense and people who were rational in their approach. But the people that caused it, they weren't there in the end of that interview. They had left. Um, they had rotated out of service. Um, so common sense in the end, uh, thankfully, uh, won the day. Um, common sense did win. Um, and it was such a shame. The other way of looking at it is perhaps if it hadn't happened, it, it would have been a little bit slower. As, as Cyril does say in London, you know, things happen at a glacial speed in AA. But the case in Canada certainly... Um, moved the glacier at a greater speed and it certainly brought into greater prominence um, the need for AA itself to take stock of itself and see what can be done. But the way to do it is exactly the way Joe said it from we people on the ground, just the ordinary alcoholic, which is all of us, going to meetings, turning up and letting people know that there is another way to recover. You do not have to have a, um, a deity or anything pushed on you to stay away from that drink. And did you ever go to the London meeting and, uh, like that they started in uh, Islington in real life? Never, believe it or not. Did Never. you know about it? And I had in... Yes, I knew all about it and I had intended so many times. To get over there would take me about an hour and a half, believe it or not. Hmm. Yeah, it's quite a, quite a distance from where I live because I'm, I'm out in Essex. But besides that, it was it 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 was something that was certainly on the the bucket list, the AA bucket list to get Buddy over Holly's there and see how they conducted the meeting. Buddy Holly, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you just just you just like to lob bits in there now and again, don't you? I do, Buddy Holly. <laughs> yeah, oh, Buddy Holly. The only way is Buddy Holly. Uh, actually, I'm going to be. Someday after this pandemic is all over, and so I was asking you before, how far is uh, St Albans from you, uh, Luton? And you were like, "Well, I've got an hour and a half on the M2 horse." Uh, 
that's my brand. Of it. It's the M11. For me, it's the M11, the M25, and then the M1. So I'll, no problem getting around there. Okay. I mean, that's something you're saying that that's something that I'm really looking forward to is meeting up with so many people. Um, and as you know, I, I have advocated a convention for a long time. <laughs> what are you on about? Uh, uh, <laughs> just seeing everybody and getting together and, and having having the chance to have a little bit of fellowship and a bit of fun with everybody. It could be lovely. First time hearing about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <you're>, we, <laughs> so you see, it's true what I said. You don't you don't you don't have to be a saint to stay sober, huh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you that me and another member kind of half like we love you to bits yeah we like take the piss out of you behind your back yeah. like, and we're going to have a lovely warm cup of tea lads and a few biscuits and we're all going to be together and this convention is going to be right crack <laughs> and like and I, I feel I have to tell you this every now and again because it's just one of those things where it's like oh god no no he knows I'm messing but I am looking forward to it as well man but just your enthusiasm for it 2021 litron boys let's fucking do this but we do it looks, June looks like 2022 now <laughs> Jesus. well we have one coming worldwide zoom uh, june 21st i believe uh, june 19th 2021 that's right yeah that should be good yeah 24 hours man and of course random will be hosting the ixa on the 2nd of may as well at 8 p.m. UK time. Do you have ideas for the speakers yet? Surely we you are. Do you want to take a step one, back? One or? of the speakers. Yeah, well, I, I wanted. I, I was suggesting this morning. It's up to Roger. I mean, Rogers can decide for himself. I, I'd like to. I'd like to get some more more regular attenders to the meeting to decide how they want to go ahead. That's not to say, of course, um, being a control freak that I won't want to put my pennies worth in. But I'm happy well, for them to throw it out. You saw it the other day. So, like, Mikey was the host and he did introductions. So, you can still do that or else you can still talk. Or I love Mikey yeah. the bits. He's actually speaking for us in a few weeks. And uh, today we actually have yeah, your buddy, uh, John John S., I suppose. Remember to use last names. Yeah. That should be good. Right, then. It's, it's uh, been thank you so listening. much for your time, uh, Brendan. <laughs> Mark, you're a diamond, you are, but I'm not going to let you know that. <laughs> I love when you call me oh, young you're Mark brilliant. and you don't know I'm in the room. Yeah. Where's that young <laughs> Mark? He's a great lad. All of a sudden, <laughs> you, yeah, bollocks. Uh, Brendan, thank you for your time, your friendship, everything. And I don't think we need to edit too much out. So, uh, yeah, you're literally, yeah, you're a diamond, man. And enough of that. Yeah. Right, fella. I will speak to you very soon.